so Mike, in preparation for the King Kong podcast, so uh, stoked! I, I, yeah, so, so excited, stoked. dude. Because uh, this is where it all began. Yeah, this is. Oh man, uh, I was, it's a bit old school. Yeah, very mm-hmm. old. It's uh, in uh, time before color, like thirties. Yeah. 30s. Uh, yeah. But it's a good movie, you know, movie. and it takes its time, and it's classy. You, you said to do some uh, research on Faye Ray. I accidentally did uh, research on Faye Reagan, the adult film star. Uh, I, I think they kind of cross over. The redhead? <laughs> I think so. Right, okay. You Red know, or blonde, one of those. I just, hold up, I'm sorry. Let's, we're, we're going to get started with our King Kong deal here. Uh, I'm just getting. I'm getting a phone call from uh, <clears throat> the manager of the podcast, uh, the executive of the podcast, and he's. Uh, yes, hello, Mr. Sanderson. Yes, I, it is Mike. Yes, and Nathan's here too. Yes, up. Oh, what's up? Yeah, we were just getting ready to do the King Kong. Uh, the King Kong podcast. Yeah, 1933. Yeah, black and white. Marion C. Cooper. Marion C. Cooper. No, he was a very he was a very prominent producer in in those days. Yes. I, uh, I mean, we. It's not really a Godzilla movie, though. I mean, I know King Kong isn't a Godzilla movie, but at least King Kong fought Godzilla at one point. Yeah. yeah. No, I am aware. Yeah. No, two hundred million dollars in one weekend. It's very. Well, I see. I see. You're gonna, you'll pull funding if we don't. All right. It, y- yes, I understand. No, I didn't know you made copies of those pictures. Okay, very good. Talk to you later, Mr. Sanderson. All right, Nathan. Uh, new plan. You know, I, I just had a conversation with uh, uh, Mr. Sanderson, the uh, the producer of the show. Yes, yes. And we he love. says, "I love that guy." Send him a Christmas card yeah, every exactly. Christmas. I love the, I you know, I love the shit out of him. Uh, he said that you know, audiences they don't really care about movies that are old and in black and white and and things anymore. And our listeners, what they want, what they crave, okay, mm-hmm. what they cannot live without, our podcast centering around new modern color movies and there was a film that just came out a couple weeks ago that does in fact uh, feature large monster like creatures fighting one another and it made uh, 204 million dollars at the box office and the, the, the thing is that we need movies with more teeth to, to review on the podcast we need a bigger better episodes you know what i mean more modern episodes thicker, thicker girthier stupider episodes yes. so they say we need to be reviewing stupider movies louder movies like the movies have to physically be louder mm-hmm. like the, the like the, several they decibels actually, yes they actually you know, have to be to louder exactly or else people don't care anymore they won't oh. listen to the show this is this was his idea so right. he suggested that we instead of uh doing king kong we review jurassic world oh so, and then he, uh, that was it. That was the end of the conversation. So, I think, yeah, you saw Jurassic World, right? I, I happen to have seen Jurassic World uh, twice. Uh, once with my friend uh, Mitch and another one with uh, Nick Young. Uh, yeah. Listeners to the podcast. Yeah. So, uh, yes, I, I do happen to have a bunch of <clears throat> notes. Perfect. I mean, uh, just because just, you're, just you're, you're very studious yes. and you keep notes on absolutely everything on yeah. you at all times. Yes. So, yeah, I think maybe we can do this um, 
And let's, I guess we should go ahead and say, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Godzilla Pod War Hour. Uh, my name is Michael Kelly. Uh, with us, as always, uh, Mr. Nathan Bear. Just a, a real service and a value uh, to have you here with us today, Nathan. And it's good to see you. And good it's, to see it's, you it's too. good to be talking with you about this, uh, this 2015 uh, fourth Jurassic Park film, Jurassic yeah. World. Here we are. Yeah, uh, the uh, Quattro. Of uh, <laughs> Quattro, the, the Quattro, the Quattro of Jurassic Park films. Um, uh, you the, know, sometimes they say third times the charm. Uh, it's fourth times the fourth charm. Fourth times the charm. Here we go. Uh, We're doing it. Yeah, um, once, twice, four times, a lady. <laughs> indeed. Well, I mean, every every animal in Jurassic World is female, uh, which some, oh. somehow uh, the character of Hoskins, played by Vincent D'Onofrio, still doesn't know that, even though apparently he's in charge of something important. He wears something. a he wears he wears a beige shirt. So yeah. we're we're gonna look. Obviously, we're stretching things uh, even further than ever here with this episode of uh, of the Godzilla Pod War Hour, talking about a. Uh, a Jurassic Park movie, but here's the thing. Here's the reasoning behind it, okay? Uh, this, I believe, is at long last. Um, you know, you got your Jurassic Park in 1993. Classic adventure film, thriller, you know, uh, Spielberg directing it, reminding everybody that he directed Jaws. Great scares, quality stuff all around. And the fact that he made that at the same time he was making Schindler's List, right. two films on the opposite ends of exactly. emo the emotional spectrum, and yet both amazing. Yes, exactly, and just nailing it. And then, you know, so that was that type of movie. Then you get uh, The Lost World, Jurassic yeah. Park, which is very much a, a film of its times wherein it was a corporate sort of product in that it was a, a sort of a mandatory sequel and it was based off of Michael Crichton's book The Lost World which mm. in many ways felt very perfunctory and completely unnecessary uh, the end of the book Jurassic Park it ends with not only Ian Malcolm clearly dying mm. and, and Michael Crichton talking about them going to Ian Malcolm's funeral mm. aka Jeff Goldblum from the movies like he's dead in the first book they ludicrously resurrect him in The Lost World and you know, this whole Site B business is a bit confusing when you see that Henry Wu, a.k.a. B.D. Wong, um, who's the only returning cast member from the original Jurassic Park, mm. he is actually, they hatched the dinosaurs on that island. They they hatched them on Jurassic Park. That's where they had the hatchery or whatever. Yeah. So it was always in places like, yeah, that's where that they, they are born there, then they grow up there. I mean, yeah. obviously. But I, apparently in the Lost World there was a separate island, which they then go back to again in Jurassic Park 3. Now, both Jurassic Park 2 and Jurassic Park 3 are definitely like sequels. They're like they're yeah. like they're trying to be Jurassic Park. They get progressively stupider. Yeah. Uh, where I think... By the time you get to Jurassic Park 3, it is a monster movie, per se, but it's more about the raptors than, like, the Spinosaurus, which yeah. sort of takes over the T-Rex. And, you know, great special effects in all three of them, but, um, you know, by the time you get to Part 3, story is just, like... There's just a there's, real, there is no story. It's I like, mean, what? And, first of all, uh, at least according to people I've talked to who are, like, I've read a lot about dinosaurs when I was a kid, but when Jurassic Park 3 came out, a guy I went to a church with, like a father of, like, 
someone else my age, you know, told me that like uh, T Rexes, you know, don't pee. They're like related to birds. They like pep, like they shit pellets, you know, like okay. birds do. So like the fact that like he has T Rex pee like makes absolutely no sense. Like well, it, it stretches like the science fiction like I further mean, than necessary. Look, if we want to start taking pot shots at the science, we could start with the fact that DNA has a half life of five thousand years, and oh, these animals true. have been dead for <laughs> sixty million years. Now yeah. I'm no mathematician. But uh, at that point, finding viable DNA encased in the mosquito blood of the amber, probably not a forte, but here we go. Okay, Jurassic Park 3, which I liked. There's never been a Jurassic Park movie which I haven't liked, by the Mm -hmm. way, including Jurassic World. But by the time you get to Jurassic World, okay, Jurassic Park 3 came out in 2001, so it's been 14 years of development hell. And I have been keeping track of all of the insane stages of this movie the yeah. whole time. And some of them have been truly insane. Like, people, there was a rumor that it was going to be, like, dinosaurs, like, di- similar to the ending of Jurassic Park 2, where the dinosaurs, like, invade the, right. the mainland. Right. And then there was other rumors that Kira Knightley, you know, fresh off then Pirates of the Caribbean... Right. Uh, was going to be right. a star of it, you know, and that production would begin, I believe, like in late 2004 and can, you know, be released, you know, summer 2005, you know, all, all this like interesting stuff. And then it just like nothing happened. Right. We were like in the dark for so right. many years. And for and for so many years, for over a decade, I was just like, this, this is not happening. You know, it's not, it's, it's, it's dead. Like, mm-hmm. There, there will never be another Jurassic Park movie, so it'll just end with part three, and that's fine, because part three is a monster movie. And, you know, it's interesting, like, you, you hear talk of, like, the the Indiana Jones movies, like, uh, Temple of Doom is made up mostly out of set pieces that were just left over from Raiders when they were designing Raiders, because mm-hmm. Raiders was so super... Uh, super stuffed, overstuffed with set pieces that yeah. they were just like, well, shit, we got, like, two other movies worth of stuff right here. That's sort of the same thing with the Jurassic Park movies and the original Michael Crichton novel. Like, there's a sequence in Jurassic Park 3 where uh, Dr. Grant, um, played by Sam Neill, is hang gliding uh, with, you know, like, you know, he's he's got a parachute. Yeah. And he's using that to go from place to place with uh, Tim and Lex. And they're, like, outrunning the, the, you know, the Paradon or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Pterodon, the P is silent. It's like pterodactyl. It starts with P, ends with T. You, you pronounce the T. Go on. Go um. On. So there's a scene where Sam Neill is trying to outrun the pterodon. Yes. Gracias. Okay. There's a scene where Sam Neill is trying to um, outrun that creature, that animal, and um, he like that's from the book. That's from Michael Crichton's book, and okay. that was in Jurassic Park three. So like they were still. The point is like they finally. It seems to me like the reason why they stopped making these movies is they started they were running out of scenes to rip off from the Michael Crichton novel. Yeah, because they were they like they're finally out by the time you get to the end of part three. Mm. It's like okay, that's it. You know, we yeah. can't. There's nothing else. So like, fifteen years, and you know, like we've we've been like the last five years. It seems like that's it. And then finally, some momentum starts building, and they sign off on a script, and you get Colin. Trevorrow, the director of Safety Not Guaranteed, which I saw and uh, liked very much. It has Jake Johnson in it. It's very funny. And um, 
Audrey Plaza, she's in it too. She's not in Jurassic World. But, like, I said, okay, this is a good thing. And they started throwing money into it. And, uh, you know, it's it, it seems like this thing where about two or three years ago, they were just like, fuck it, every franchise is going to come back and there's going to be a new one. Like, new Star Wars. Yeah. New everything. Yeah. You know, there's a new... There's a new Evil Dead movie coming out here. There's a new yeah. uh, National Lampoon's Vacation movie coming out this year. There's a new Jurassic Park movie. Yeah. There's going to be a new Ghostbusters movie next year. It's just like everything. Every franchise. every franchise just got an automatic, oh, okay, next installment. And what's great about Jurassic World is that it knows this. It's kind of like when your dad is watching the football game and unbuttons his pants. Yes. You know, it, it's just oh, yeah. like he just lets it all out. It's just that time. I mean, I know, do that. No holds. I've gotten to the age, I do that at the International House of Pancakes. <laughs> now that's how i that's how i know if it's a good meal yeah i have the breakfast sampler and some toast that's just too many carbs but no yeah yeah like so like very self-conscious yeah it knows exactly what it's doing it doesn't even try to complete excuse me compete visually or in some ways thematically with the original yeah not at all and like sorry huge tangent the point of that last 13 minutes was this is the Jurassic Park movie that finally, at long last, stops running, stops lying to itself, yeah. looking into the mirror every night, and says, and accepts its destiny. Yes. It has become a kaiju movie. Yes. What do I mean by kaiju movie? I mean a movie where genetically modified monsters are throwing each other through buildings, and more importantly, trusted main characters are impossibly stupid and don't know things that they should know, but they don't know them. And they make, again, just insanely stupid decisions. Yeah. Um, Decisions But, but like, it's okay. Because it's like, what it leads to, what it ultimately facilitates, is these two monsters fighting each other. So you don't care. Like, you forgive everything. So, like, that's a kaiju movie. Yeah. That's what Jurassic World is. It's a kaiju movie. It's not not a thriller anymore. This script is, like, even more than Jurassic Park is, like, by the books. You can basically, you you yourself as an audience member are like, okay, then this is going to happen. And then that's a trap. And then that's going to happen because of this. And then this and that and that. So, like, the first ten minutes, I was kind of skeptical. I was almost like, why did I let Mitch convince me to watch this? Ten minutes later, it's like, thank goodness, Mitch convinced me to watch this. It was, uh, yeah. You said to me, like, you had your hands up. Like, you described it to me the way I, when I watched Jupiter Ascending earlier this year. Where I just had my hands sort of up. And the sort of, wait a minute, what are you talking about? Yes. Like, sort of like a stop sign, like a crossing guard. You had just to have both yeah. hands up by your face and just be like, hold, like the, the universal, <laughs> like, hold the phone. Yeah. You know, hold on a second. I think when the like phrase, 30... it can camouflage, right. came up, that was like the first, like, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. Right around the time it was re- revealed that the Indominus Rex not only possessed the ability to change its body heat, but the knowledge to know that that would be a useful thing yeah. that it would have to do in order to outwit the humans. It's like, yeah. this this dinosaur is smarter than the humans. Yeah. It's not just like smarter than the rest of the yeah. dinosaurs. It's like smarter than a man. Yeah. Like if it could talk, it would be really smart. It yeah. would be like, you know, the Gore Vidal of dinosaurs. <laughs> you know, it's ridiculous. Gore, that's a dated reference. The point is. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. Oh my. The, 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 you know, I guess we should um, talk a little bit about. Uh, what what went into to making this this film? 
uh, money, lots yes, of money, yes. uh, which it apparently made back and more some. I mean, we're at like what near Titanic levels of uh, well, yeah, box I office revenue. It's it's past the uh, the Avengers for like most money in one weekend, and I think we're closing in on like one of the largest domestic grosses ever, uh, which is just crazy. I mean, it's it's still not gonna. It's not going to surpass Avatar or Titanic because I think, I think um, Avatar is at like one point seven billion, uh, and then like it's like if Avatar made almost two billion, yeah. and Titanic. So made eventually, like 1. the steam billion. from this will kind exactly. of die down. Like Titanic had the love story, and Avatar had the advantage of three D. Yeah, you know, like, like, like beyond like new. Like, 3D, at the time, we just didn't yeah. think was possible. Basically, Jurassic World would have to make $2 billion yeah. at this point, which I think that would be a little much, much yeah, <laughs> um, for this movie. Yeah. But um, but the fact that it made it this far, yeah. I think, is impressive. Very impressive. Um, for a part four. For a part four. In a franchise. Um, you know, and done in a very traditional way. You know, this was shot on Kodak motion picture film. This mm-hmm. is not... Uh, they wanted it to feel at least aesthetically... Uh, like the first, I don't mean by camera movement. <laughs> this is definitely not a Spielberg film, yeah. uh, but uh, at least the quality of the images feel like the previous films. They used 35 for um, the, uh, I guess, the dialogue scenes, and then uh, scenes involving the dinosaurs. They used 65, so basically, you know, near IMAX. Yeah. Uh, levels. And it looks really clean. It looks great. Yeah. Um. There are a few scenes where there's a computer-generated camera doing pulling off these impossible sort of movements and things, and that was a little distracting. They would actually like they you know spend some time with one group of characters and then pull back from that, and so you'd see the whole island and then zoom over to another part of the island and zoom in, and it seemed yeah. like a very sort of like Spider-Man or like wanted. Yeah, I remember Wanted with Angelina Jolie, or so it's like something like that something it's like, that was acceptable during the aughts. Yeah, exactly. That we, where it's like, just like it's like you know we like that's not you can't do that with a camera. So now I've I've been taken out of, yeah. of the movie, and you're just showing me your sort of your technique there, and it's just kind of shitty. But like yeah. I mean. These these are minor nitpicks. The fact the fact that Colin uh, Trevorrow was able to do this, and again, his only previous feature film was Safety Not Guaranteed, which is which an is not, indie film. It's an indie That's film. That's like it's, a Sundance it's movie. It's very very indie film, and um, it's very you know low budget and um, almost no action in it. There's like part of a car chase, and uh, you know some special effects in it, um, but like nothing, absolutely nothing. Uh, um, on the level of what's required mastery-wise uh, for this film. Yeah. So, like, I think, all in all, he does very well. Yeah, I think what he did is is that he was able to make a movie on a budget. Like, you know, even if he's doing, like, a big blockbuster, he knows how to do things, like, quickly. Yeah. Like, get just get it done. Yeah. You know. I also see him being a person who is, like, has no trouble at all just accepting orders from producers and like yeah. corporations and yeah. stuff like memos and stuff he did add uh, a few of his own ideas like uh, apparently spielberg uh, who is uh, what the executive producer of this film something like um, that was uh he was very interested uh in the mosasaurus scene that uh, mr trevorrow uh suggested 
uh, the idea of the Mosasaurus like eating a shark, which is like an homage to Jaws in a way. You know, now the the hunter has become the hunted. I guess. Yes. Uh, and then Spielberg suggested that the audience then go underwater via hydraulics to uh, to witness the Mosasaurus eating underwater. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So uh, he did like have some like personal connection to this film. You know. It wasn't just... Uh, yeah, I mean, he was. Yeah. He, I think he was more involved in this than he was in some, something like Transformers Age of Extinction. Yeah. <laughs> where he was literally just picking up a paycheck and being like, Go, you know, watch... Yeah. <laughs> watch watch uh, Indiana Jones, all right? Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, Michael Bay, go watch, one of, go watch one of my movies this week. Um, no, like this, he was, he was involved in some stuff, and he was on set and a little bit, and... Doing what he can. Um, he is working on a new movie with uh, Chet Hayes's uh, father uh, right now. Tom Hanks is mm-hmm. this actor's name. Apparently, he's very popular. Oh. Um, but anyways, that's going to be coming out. Sounds November. like a guy who's going to be big in the future. Indeed. Uh, so unfortunately, Spielberg couldn't couldn't step in to direct it. Although I don't think he would have directed it. I think he's probably above yeah. Jurassic Park four at this point. But he'll take the check. He'll oh, take definitely. the money. Yeah. He'll take the check. He needs a source of income to supply those uh, scarves, those nice, those cute little scarves he wears yeah. in interviews. And the baseball nowadays. caps. And the baseball caps. Those are not free. Um, so let's let's talk about um, a little bit about our cast. We have as as the adventurer Owen Grady, uh, Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. Uh, yes. From the. Uh... The serious drama Parks and Rec, mm-hmm. uh, as well as the uh, modern Citizen Kane, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, I mean, is yeah. is more awesomer than Citizen Kane? Oh, definitely more awesomer. Um, I'm a big uh, more dancing, be- better soundtrack. Like any movie that starts with "Come and Get Your Love" by Redbone yeah. is just like genius. Yeah, like um, I'm sorry, like people do not appreciate how great Redbone is. Uh, you know, Chris Pratt is, I think, does a fine job in this movie as yeah. Owen Grady. Owen is a very sort of simple character to comprehend, like yeah. his purpose in the movie. He is just the hero. He's basically John Wayne. Yes, uh, he carries around a Winchester rifle. Yeah, he has. He, you know, he has he, a Winchester even rifle. Even though this is 2015. And, you know, we have, like, guns way more powerful than, you know, the Winchester rifle. Right. Uh, he chooses to use a Winchester rifle. I guess maybe he's a hipster as well. You know, yeah. <laughs> I just thought of something. You know, Eddie Carr in The Lost World was talking about that dart that he had with, like, the super poisonous venom. Yeah, that like, it would actually... if you shoot your foot, you'd be dead before you knew you yeah. shot yourself. Like, they should have just used that on yeah. the Rex. Did they forget that those existed? I guess. Oh, but maybe that was because it was on site B, and All this right. is they site A. And then, yes, and it's $23 million. The Irex cost $23 million, yeah. so that's why they didn't want to kill it. So, okay, I yeah. guess maybe. Maybe. Um. So, okay, you've got, you've got Chris Pratt, and I think he's fine. He's not as funny. Uh, as he was in Guardians of the Galaxy, but it's a different character. He's not. Yeah. A, he's not a clown. You know, he's not here to amuse you. Okay, he's here <laughs> to get the action done. He's a raptor whisperer, which yeah. I think is very cool. Uh, his qualifications for being a raptor whisperer, so far as I can tell, is just that he's in the navy. He's yeah. not even like a navy seal. He's just no. like he's just a sailor. Yeah. So he's got the special skills, maybe listening to dolphins or whales, possibly on the radar. He can maybe just raptors are attracted to seamen, you know, people who are you know, <clears throat> well, that's, water that, buoyant. 
That's correct, Nate. And, uh, you know, speaking of Bryce, don't call me Jessica Chastain Howard, uh, we have the character of Claire, okay? So Who is basically female Dr. Grant. I mean, she's female Dr. Grant. I want to take the time out in this very public podcast to talk about an extremely personal caveat that will be meaningless to all but maybe one or two listeners. Uh-huh. Now, uh, what the main female character's name in this movie is Claire, and it's a Jurassic Park movie. Now, yeah. I worked with a young lady a few years ago named Claire Taylor, and I was like, mm-hmm. oh, that's such an awesome name. That sounds like it should be in a Michael Crichton novel or a Jurassic Park movie, just like Claire Taylor. And the mm-hmm. fact that, like, that was before any of this happened, that yes. was like three years ago, and then they actually came out with a new Jurassic Park movie, and the main lady's name was Claire I feel at least partially vindicated or validated by that. Um, so that was just, you know, that aside aside, though, I do want to say that Bryce Dallas Howard's character is a tad silly, although I do think she is a mutant in this movie because uh, she is able to outrun a T-Rex with high heels on. Yeah. Which I'm not sure how that worked. I think it, her whole character is like an homage to Kathleen Turner from *Romancing the Stone*, watched by people who didn't actually understand that movie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> because, because, like Kathleen Turner in *Romancing the Stone*, yeah, all this shit starts happening, and Michael Douglas has to cut off the heels on her shoes because they're getting chased by you know bad guys or whatever. So he has to chop off the high heels on her shoes with the machete. And it's this big scene. She's like, you just destroyed my shoes. And Michael Douglas is like, you know, yeah, but you'll be able to run now or something. I forget what he says, but it's awesome. Romancing the Stone kicks ass. Do not watch Jewel of the Nile. Anyways, the point is, um, so I think they were like, they were like, I remember something in Romancing the Stone about heels or something. Uh, so yeah, she'll just wear heels the whole time. Just like Kathleen Turner in that movie. It'll... It'll be it'll be amazing. It's like, yeah, I mean, I can see the whole, like, being tough. I mean, her character is supposed to be, like, the head of Jurassic World. Like, she yeah. runs it. Yeah. Um, and this and kind like, of fits in with Spielberg's oeuvre, the fact that, like, um, family is involved. All Spielberg's films, like, I guess maybe excluding, like, the original cut of Duel, like, family has some part. Even if it's not, like, an orthodox type of family, like Saving Private Ryan, where it's just, like, your buddies on the field. You know, this deals with family, you know, and she is the aunt of these two yes. like, kids. Yes, it's very much in that sort of, like, familial, you know, character arc, have to get closer with the kids yeah. over over logic. And I think yeah. it, it worked brilliantly in Jurassic Park yes. with Alan Grant and the kids yeah. in a way that it does not work at, at all. all in this movie. <laughs> not only because it doesn't work because of what the actors are doing or what they've been given with the script, yeah. but because of how insanely irresponsible it is for her character to abandon her post once certain events transpire in this film. Um. So like... Boy, we, we, we're we like a half an hour into this, and uh, we should say just com- total spoilers. 
Yeah. I, I don't, have we spoiled the entire movie yet? I don't think we have. I don't know. I mean... The, We've said that there's things fighting at the end, which yeah. should be pretty apparent. I mean, if you... Uh, I, I hope you're not listening to this if you haven't, if you seen, haven't seen it. Look, like, we just assume because the movie made $204 million domestic that everyone in America has already seen this movie yes. twice. So, like, if you haven't seen Jurassic World... And you are planning on seeing it and planning on being surprised by everything that happens. Maybe you should just uh, watch Mad Max. Uh, Fury well, you should Road watch instead. Mad Max Fury Road, anyways. And you should watch Jurassic World, yeah. uh, anyways, when you want to. But, like, I guess you should stop listening to this podcast. Yeah. Now, that being said, so, so spoiler alert uh, Bryce Dallas Howard does look so much like Jessica Chastain and I had to actively concentrate on her not being Jessica Chastain throughout much of the film that distracted me by a lot of what she said or did yeah. but I don't think it really matters anyways let's just go- like I was distracted by Chris Pratt's pecs I mean those Chris pecs Chris pecs Chris pecs part of a balanced breakfast exactly. <laughs> it's got corn and oats um so you got the kids who I don't know what the kids' names are, nor do I. Did I write down either of the actors' uh, names? Gray and Zach. Uh, the taller one was in uh, uh, Kings of Summer, which is a movie I we refused to watch. It's like the trailer is so indie, like it oh, makes it's my eyes bad. bleed. Kings of Summer isn't bad. Not I don't care movie. about whiny kids. Oh, I live in the summers. My parents are mean, and I'm going to learn some lesson hey, about this. Hey. <laughs> they play Street Fighter 2 on a Super Nintendo in 2013 in that movie. I could go to my friend Nick Gussie's yeah, house yeah, and do the same thing. Yeah, but you can't thing. watch a movie where people are doing it, so they're keeping it real on that level. That's enough bad talk about Kings of Summer, all right? It's got its flaws, but Nick Offerman is in it. It's pretty amazing. Okay. Uh, so there's... But yeah, that kid is in it, and then um, the other one, the younger one, is in something else. I can't remember. It's like can't quite remember. Yeah, it's like he was in something. He's got that doughy face. It's like I've seen that face somewhere yeah. in some movie. He played the kid, someone's kid, in some movie. The research is still here. It's still an integral part of the podcast. Yes, everybody. yeah. Um, so moving on, an actor whose love of immersive acting techniques and, and and his commitment to character is second only to his ruthless addiction to Twizzlers. Uh, of course, I am speaking about Vincent D'Onofrio. Now, Vincent D'Onofrio, who is best buds with uh, David Allen Greer back in New York, uh, back in like the late 70s, early 80s, and also Matthew Modine. If you read the Full Metal Diaries, they talk about how those guys used to just bum around. Yeah. He's had a pretty amazing career. He was, of course, Private Pile and Full Metal Jacket. Uh, he's More been... recently, Kingpin in the Daredevil TV yeah. series on Netflix. So. Yeah, uh, which I thought was a hell of a show. If you get a chance to watch the Daredevil deal on uh, Netflix in its entirety, I suggest you check it out because it is uh, quite good. Um, but, yes, D'Onofrio... Is uh, plays Haskins or Hoskins in this movie? Ho- yeah, th- Hopkins. Hoskins. Hoskins. Yeah, Hoskins. Okay. I guess that sounds like a character on like a Miami Vice episode. You yes. know, Hoskins. Hoskins. Yeah. You know, um, and he you he's evil he, because he's, he's evil. military. 
Yeah. He's, 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 he's associated with the military, so he's evil? Yeah, well, he's Injun, the the bad oh, yeah. guys from yeah. Lost World, you know, the, the big corporate people who yeah. want, you know. So now it's no longer like making a park because they already have the park. It's right. up. They're the not... world is up. Now it's like we have to think bigger. Yeah, yeah. We have to think military grade. Which makes more yeah. sense because there's so much more money to be made in defense. Yeah. Than you know, a th- just one theme park. Yeah. The as Eisenhower warned us, the industrial dinosaur uh, complex. Complex, yeah, yeah, the industrial dinosaur complex. Yes. You know that will destroy us. Eisenhower knew what he was talking about. Fear the raptor. Yes, indeed. Um, <laughs> uh, so. Yeah, so he he's thinking like military. Like you, you already know that he's like a bad cookie from the beginning because he's he's already talking to um, uh, Owen and uh, his sidekick. Uh, the French guy Omar Sy Bishop Bishop from Days of Future Past. Really? Yes. Oh, can't tell because he's shaved. He doesn't have the dreads. Yeah, but it's it's Bishop. But he's French. Yes. Uh-huh. That guy's awesome. I wish he would have been in more of the movie. Yeah, um, he he doesn't die. We're just gonna spoil this right now. He doesn't die, which is impressive. Because yeah. normally, you know, the black guy is the first guy to go. So this was actually like, wow, a movie in 2015, possibly playing against our expectations. Yeah, mirroring. Or, you know, up against Samuel L. Jackson's fate as, uh, you know, Dr. or Mr. Arnold from, from the first Jurassic Park. Maybe yeah. he's thinking we're going to, the black guy's going to live yeah. this time. So that was cool. And I hope he comes back for the inevitable sequel. Oh, yeah. In fact, he should be the lead in the sequel. Like, we're done yeah. with Chris Pratt. I mean, and, Chris, yeah. And, uh, you know, Dallas Howard, like, more size. Just, well, they're like, both going to be in jail. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Claire is definitely going to be. Yeah, I mean, like Claire is Jurassic definitely going World to be, is an ocean nightmare. Yeah. Like it, Claire is definitely going to be in prison yeah. for felonious, like neglect <laughs> of job responsibilities. As previously mentioned, uh, the only returning cast member from the original uh, Jurassic Park, uh, B. D. Wong. Is, yes. is in this film as, as Dr. Henry Wu, who has gone Wu from... Dat. Wu Dat. Uh, who has gone from being sort of an expository uh, mouthpiece type character in the, you know, in the intervening 20 years, he's sort of become, really fulfilled his destiny as becoming a mad scientist. Yeah. You know, they... they you know, he fills the, the, the evil gay Asian... Uh, you know, he's market. Yeah, yeah, he's pure. Evil. And he wears black too, like yeah. a black like turtleneck. Like, well, that's how you can tell his soul has been corrupted. Because yes. in Jurassic, the first Jurassic Park, he was wearing all white. Yes, and now he's white. wearing. He's yeah. wearing. Yes, he's he's wearing all he's wearing all black. So clearly, he's evil now. Yeah, it was nice to see his character come back. Uh, he was a major character in the book mm-hmm. Jurassic Park, and he, I think he sort of got shortchanged uh, in the movie. Um, so it was it was nice to see him come back and give his character a little bit more depth and have have a few more scenes with uh you know uh Henry Wu and um I think that's that's cool and he he did um he did a fine job in this and I'm sure he was just like really excited to be asked back yeah <laughs> cuz for this cuz I yeah. look I don't watch law and order special uh recon unit Unix. whatever so I don't like I yeah. don't I didn't know uh, I haven't seen him. Since, I mean, the sad part is time. any celebrity that's the bride too, a, a, so a, like, every celebrity that ends up on that show 
Uh, it's basically like their career is done. Robin Williams was on a few years ago. <laughs> Melissa Joan Hart was on a Jesus, few years ago. Too soon on uh, the Joan lady, Hart. the lady uh, who was like the the train station manager and Thomas the Tank Engine was like a bit part. It's like now it's like, you're just talking yeah, nonsense. I it's don't just know. it's that sad okay, and great. message received. So so BD Wong's back. Yeah, uh, rounding out the cast, we've got Judy Greer. Mm-hmm who some of you may remember from her small role uh, in the film Adaptation as the waitress who uh, was sort of flirty with Nick Cage, and then Nick Cage kind of started asking her out on a date, and then she got really freaked out. Yeah. That was Judy Greer. Now she's back. Uh, apparently she's a major actress in a ton of movies, and uh, she she was the in uh, uh, Battle for the Planet of the Apes, or mm-hmm. the, the, the Planet of the Apes movie, I guess, right? Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, the, the one that came out last year. She did, like, the motion capture thing with Andy Serkis and the whole deal. Oh, really? Um, she, yeah, she played, like, one of the, the apes in it. Um, oh. Or she was, like, a, she was, like, a gorilla, I guess, yeah. or whatever. Also Arrested Development, uh, Archer. Oh, yeah! She's really great. She is great. Anyways, she's, she's only in this movie for like two minutes. Yeah. She, she's got like the Laura Dern part from Jurassic Park 3. I yeah. Mean, she's really very subsidized and court, sort of yeah. kind of pushed aside, which is... Yeah, um, just like the uh, the writing of this film. Yeah. Uh, and the logic of the film, very much pushed to the side. Last but not least, uh, Jake Johnson is in this movie. And Jake Johnson, if you don't know, <clears throat> he's a modern-day alchemist. He's a magician. He, um, he does the impossible on a weekly basis where he makes a show uh, based upon, devised upon the premise of having Zoe Deschanel be the center of her own show. Jake Johnson's the one who goes in and does the dirty work and then makes that show tolerable to watch. Of course, I'm talking about The New Girl, where he, he's like amazing on that show consistently, and he was in Safety Not Guaranteed, mm-hmm. uh, this director's previous film, and he was amazing in that. So much fun to watch constantly turning garbage and weaving it into gold and um he's his character in this is sort of like the tech techie dude uh like the dennis nedry 2.0 character except he's not pure evil or newman from seinfeld no um so he is like wearing an original jurassic park t-shirt in this movie which, which like, in the jurassic park universe is offensive i mean yeah. that you might as well be wearing a swastika or like or a, a Tiananmen, Tiananmen square t-shirt yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like I was there. Yeah. You, know? <laughs> you know, so like, but like, so it, you know, does not make sense within the reality of the yeah. movie. And even you know, Bryce Dallas Howard, um, I'm sorry, Jessica Chastain. Oh no, no, it is Bryce Dallas. Howard. Yes, yes. Uh, she even points out to Jake Johnson. She's like, you know, people. A lot of people got killed. Yeah, on that park. That's that's really offensive to wear that shirt. And he's just like. Yeah, but that first park was just on point. I mean, it was just like people give it a lot of flack, but that was a really, you know. And, he's and just, this is where the meta, the, the where me- the self consciousness right, right. really starts the, to the, come the, up through the bra. Well, yeah, yeah. This is where the, you know, this is as we say where the subtext just becomes text. Yeah, you know, where, where, where they stop, you know, trying to like sneakily, kind of cleverly talk about what the movie may or may not be about and kind of suggest it or whatever. And they're just like, no, this is what Jurassic World is about. You know, yeah. this is like we're talking about this. And they flat out say the mission statement in the movie like six times. 
And but I totally forgive them because like so many people get eaten by dinosaurs. Yeah. So it's awesome. Satisfies uh, <laughs> our hunger as well as the dinosaurs' yeah, hunger. It's one hundred percent awesome. It's gr- it's just so stupid and great and makes no sense. Uh, but is awesome. Like in that Godzilla versus Megalon style, where it's just like the Jaguar can reprogram himself to change his own size. That doesn't make any sense. No sense at all. Indominus Rex can change his body heat to hide from humans. Then can change its that, color. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, fuck you. Yeah. You know, we're, if we're going forward, yeah. this is the movie. The dick is out. Right. We have nothing to hide. Um, uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, there's, there's a much abbreviated sort of attempt to sort of shoe in a little bit of practical, um, like on on the scene like animatronic dinosaur effects oh uh, yes with a dying brontosaurus which uh if you watch that scene i mean at least when i watched it all i could think of was the michael Caine death scene in interstellar <laughs> that was all i could think like i bet if you took that footage of chris pratt holding the dinosaur's head and layered over michael Caine's death dialogue in interstellar like it would move together seamlessly Nathan, I see your your attempt to get me to do my Michael Caine impression, and this is nothing less than entrapment. You've clearly concocted this whole thing to get me to go into the Michael Caine impression, and I'm not going to do it. Okay, I'm not going to do it, and I'll tell you why. I can't just turn it on and off at any time. I need the motivation, all right? And in order for you to think that I could just sort of sum it up out of nowhere, and just, I figured it out, but oh, the sentiment just makes it order to keep the program running. Sorry. Okay, so that's... Sorry, I got... You pulled me in, man. That was like die... Or, it's like uh, Godfather 3. They keep pulling me back in. Had to do it. Oh. Oh. Oh, oh my goodness. This show is garbage now. Yeah. <laughs> Any serious fan of Godzilla is going to turn this off. Yes. What are you doing? They're not even talking about anything anymore. Oh, what is happening? What is happening? So, um, there is some interesting stuff going on in this movie. And I saw it at... Um, the uh, Udvar Hazy Air and Space Museum in uh, in Virginia. Not that we live anywhere close no, to that. I don't no, know. no, 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 no. Nathan, again, yeah. I don't know what you what's happening right now. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. But um, I saw it at the Udvar Hazy, uh, and I saw it on the IMAX like duo laser projection thing. So it's like two lasers. So it's the first time I saw an IMAX 3D. I did not want to see it in 3D, but I saw it in 3D. <clears throat> And I must say, because of this weird, and this is the only one of these on the East Coast, they, they it was bright enough so that the, sorry, it was bright enough so that the 3D really was not an issue. Yeah. And, and it was bright. And uh, you could you could see, so some of the best 3D projection I've ever seen. Yeah. And um, very, very crisp and clear and uh, a very amazing uh, picture. Uh, so I saw it out there. A lot of Jurassic Park fans, and um, yeah, it's uh, you know the beginning of the movie is pretty cool. It's a Christmas movie. If you if you notice, there's like the yeah. one scene where the kids. So we open on like a bunch of eggs getting 
um, birthed. Birthed. Yeah, bigger and better eggs getting birthed. Right. But then it cut, uh, yeah, uh, it cuts to these stupid kids getting ready to go. Yeah. And it seems like they're trying to shoehorn in this being a Christmas movie. Yeah, it would be like if like Shane Black was doing a Jurassic Park film. This is exactly what he'd do. It would right. be like the Christmas. And so, um, some movies can get away with like, oh, it's a Christmas action movie or it yeah. takes place. Die Hard. Die Hard. Lethal, lethal, weapon, lethal weapon. But some movies, Iron Man 3. it's purely like... Oh, this all this shit is happening, and it's Christmas, and it doesn't really affect it one way or no. the other. No, in fact, it just and makes it more like, depressing. Like First Blood, the, <laughs> yes. first, the first Rambo movie takes place in the holidays. Like they've got all the de- holiday decorations yeah. up around that town that Stallone then destroys at mm-hmm. the end. It doesn't really have any impact on the story at all. No. This is falls squarely yeah. in that camp where it's like it is Christmas, but they only allude to it like in one yeah. scene. Uh, where they have the song, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas, sung by, like, Johnny Mathis. Yeah. And then that's it. Yeah. And behind this is the fact that um, the mom and dad are getting a divorce, possibly, but the kids don't know yet, or at least one of them suspects, but the other one doesn't know. So they're sending their kids to visit their aunt for Christmas because somehow that will make it better. Right. In fact, it wasn't until the second time viewing it that I realized the parents were actually getting divorced. Like, I thought maybe it was just the something younger... Something the kid imagined yeah. or something. Yeah. It was like... And then I realized the reason I didn't figure it out the first time is because it's, it's dumb. Like, this is a really <laughs> dumb plot point. This, yeah. like, maybe a really, you know, really, really, really good director could have pulled this off or a better script. But this fell flat it was like really like well it's because you had there's so much going on yeah that you have to like introduce these characters and they're taking them to the airport and they're dropping them off but they also have through their actions communicate that oh yes these two characters are getting a divorce yeah but at the same time be loving enough to their children to kick them out during the holidays and send them with their so the scene doesn't really make socially awkward aunt exactly so like the whole thing it doesn't really make any sense when you start to think about it. So it's uh, this well, is it's better you not think about it at all. Exactly. And this is <laughs> this is the first scene in the movie, and we've already learned our most valuable lesson, and that is: do not think about what is happening <laughs> on the screen right now, or it's you only will a movie. not just sit back, lobotomize yourself, and enjoy all the big, loud, scaly things going chomp chomp to people and make and, and making stuff go explosion. Yeah. Going boom. Um, and then you'll be fine. So, like, the, the next scene is, uh, I think they just go to Jurassic World immediately. Yeah, they, like, or right? they go to Costa Rica, they take a ferry, and, uh, then they're on Jurassic World, they get to, the, like, the, the hotel, because, you know, it, it's now, it, the vision, the doctor, what's his name, who is the doctor from the first John one? Hammond. John Hammond, you know. Who, who is not a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, cor- corporate, you know, eccentric billionaire John Hammond's right. like dream of a madman, uh, evil Walt yeah. Disney, <laughs> as he was depicted in the book. Yeah, he, he, his dream has finally come true. Just a uh, uh, park filled with like amazing creatures that are uh, that are uh, put behind like massive like. You know, corporate uh, <laughs> sponsors. Yes. You know, as they Jimmy even mentioned, Buffett's Margaritaville. Yeah. And uh, Benny Hanna. Yeah. Uh, you know, for, uh, 
that what Verizon Wireless presents. And oh. I think I think like it was like Sprint. The 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 main center was like provided by like Sprint. Yeah. Yeah. All was, that stuff was very smart. Yeah. And uh, the gyrospheres, having Jimmy Fallon being on the uh, the, the little instructional video about yeah. the gyrospheres, I thought was like beautiful, great. And that actually that was the only time in the movie where I was watching it and I sort of got like a little bit of chills because that was actually good science fiction. Yeah, that was actually like, oh, okay, well if this happened, then that actually would happen. Yeah, you know, you'd get something like that, and like you and and Jimmy Fallon, who I do not think is funny or a good actor. Uh, was actually did a pretty good job in this movie because yeah. he was acting like Jimmy Fallon being in this corporate shill video, uh, being sort of forced to be kind of his funny self, and you, he's kind of it's a little bit of a performance there. So that yeah. that was that was effective. Yeah. Um. You know, and then the rest of the movie is fine too. Like yeah. So. <laughs> but so, um yeah, yeah they get to the island they get to the island the Claire hotel room is oh wait the, yeah well here's yeah. i wanted to say like the music and it's you know john williams too busy working on episode seven force awakens yep so they got michael gunachino gugucci degrassi junior high uh <laughs> Casino, Casino Royale, <laughs> the guy who did the music to fucking Star Trek. Okay. Okay, and Lost. Um, and, like, and he's an amazing composer, so I should learn his name. Uh, I actually really like a lot of his stuff. Um, he was put in a uh, in an impossible spot here, because mm-hmm. it's like, you have all this great established stuff from John Williams, but then you have to go and very much make your own movie here with Jurassic World. And, um... And so I think a lot of the stuff that he gets from John Williams is, uh, you know, remains very strong. Mm-hmm. And then I thought a lot of his stuff in the beginning, in the first half of the movie, was Weeksville, USA. I mean, just was just sort of like, just seemed like random instruments were playing. And it was, it was just sort of filler. Yeah. Now, when people started dying horribly, then things got better with yeah. the score. Because it was more like, you know, that sort of shit. Which he's like you actually do. started to care. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and everyone sort of get there's a, there's a part where in the movie where everyone snaps out of it, and yeah. like then it starts getting good. But this first half is a bit rough. Yeah. Um. But I was talking to my good friend Miss Andrea Keebler, and she pointed out something which I thought was absolutely genius, and so I'm going to give her full credit. And that was uh, when the boys first get to Jurassic uh, World, they have the full like, welcome to Jurassic Park, you know? Music, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's in a very sort of um, forced way. And yeah. it's in a very sort of awkward, uncomfortable way. And it's just sort of like, this is all very picturesque and sort of corporate and sort of like, like manufactured and and like joyless and just kind of like yeah like i'm watching a product right now yeah i'm not it's like it's like i'm watching like one of those like you used to be like when you were watching the disney channel when you were a kid like in the 90s you could send away for like a vhs cassette of like a disney world like tour guide or whatever and you get that and you put in your vcr and you play it and be like Oh, you should come to Disney World, the magical place on Earth, blah, blah, blah. You can come to the Magic Kingdom and Tomorrowland and visit the Pirates of the Caribbean and all this shit. 
and you'd watch it and you'd just be like, oh, okay. That's sort of what the first 20 minutes of this movie yeah. feels like. It feels like what commercial for that. Yeah. And of course you want to go there. Yeah. I mean, there's not a person alive who wouldn't want to go to Jurassic World. No. But like... That's that's different from watching a movie. Yeah, <laughs> you know stuff happens yeah. in a movie. Yeah. Um. So and I and I have seen. I will you know, I will say that like I, I've seen um some of the promotional materials Spielberg talking and his just like, well you know with Jurassic World we've finally at long last been able to, you know realize the dream that Michael Crichton had and then John Hammond had and then at long last we as the audience had, and I had, of seeing this Jurassic Park fully uh, operational and running and becoming Jurassic World. It's like... Fully armed and operational. Exactly. It's like, that is that was not Michael Crichton's dream. No. <laughs> his dream Emperor was, Palpatine's dream, like, maybe. His but, dream uh, was to write Jurassic Park, so he wrote it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, that's a story about like I mean, people reaching for the star, you know, the Tower of Babel story. <laughs> They're reaching for the stars, and then everything goes to uh, shit. Uh, let me say this. Uh, Michael Crichton's dream was... To turn uh, Westworld and put dinosaurs in the place of his robot cowboys yeah. and hope that no one noticed <laughs> because he needed cocaine money, okay? <laughs> and he achieved that dream. God rest his soul. Pray, underrated book. Check it out. Um, anyways, so, you know, that's obviously not Michael Crichton's dream. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'll give you that it's John Hammond's dream. Yeah. And I've. Over the years, I will. I've definitely said, "Oh, wouldn't it be amazing if you could like actually go to Jurassic Park and have it be operational?" You yeah. know, that would be great if they got their shit together and people weren't dying like every two days or whatever. Yeah. But like, I have still not seen evidence in this film that that's even a good idea because apparently these people were open for like ten years at Jurassic World, but it's still the second we start getting involved as an audience, it immediately goes to shit. Yeah, it's uh. Yeah, and that's where I think you mentioned, like, this is where it becomes a kaiju film. People who should know better, right. people who are in important positions just, like, suddenly are terrible at their jobs. <laughs> like, I don't know, it was like, at least in Godzilla vs. Mothra, like, this was all kind of new. Like, no one really knew how to deal with what was coming right. at them. So you can kind of forgive them for their naivety and craziness. Right. Uh, in this case, it's like, no, you guys, like should know exactly what to do at this point. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. You, I mean, you own like... a park with dangerous animals. That would be like a zoo. Right. You know, any zoo. Like, not having proper, like, training and... Well, it's um... like, how many times have we seen in a Godzilla movie where it's a bunch of people in, a bo in like, a monitoring station and, like, Godzilla shows up out of the ocean or whatever and he's been around for a while yeah. and he shows up again and the general's like, what? Giant monster? And he's, like, surprised. Yeah. You know? And it's like, no, you idiot. Just like, yes, he's it's right cool. there. You know? It's like, that happens countless times yeah. in the Godzilla films. And that scene, like, happens in this movie. About five <laughs> times. There are several times where, you know, different characters are looking at the screen and then the camera, like, dollies into them. She's like, I'm in charge now. Or I'm shocked now. Right. Uh, there's just so much of this standing the, in front the, of screen, the, like camera which dollying Which is an in. exact camera movement that Shiro Honda used. Yes. Like a thousand times. Yeah, but he did it well. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, yes. So, okay, the kids get to the park. The, the kid from, like the older kid, Zach, I guess his name is. Yeah. Yeah, um, I think that's Zach. Um, is a complete... Tall one. Yeah, the tall one. He's a complete asshole. Yeah. He's like... 
he would have been goth if this was like you know 2002 or whatever yeah. but he's got like a hoodie on and he's just sort of like listening moody. to his headphones he's all moody and he's like he's making the googly eyes at girls and he's just even though like, he has a girlfriend yeah who's who's like, like devoted first time, to him and first time with him. i was confused i thought he said i love you and she said goodbye but then second time around i realized it was the opposite yeah. so he has someone who really likes him, yeah. and he doesn't care, yeah. and he's looking at other people. It's yeah, like, so like the, it's this, established to me as like this is not a likable character. Like, no, he's like a self-centered asshole. Yeah, you know. So it's like, why would we care, care if he got eaten by something? Yeah. I don't know. And then the kid is just the the smaller one the is just the smaller one. Yeah, he's, he's, just, like, he's just any kid who would go to the park and yeah. just be like, oh my god, it's the greatest thing ever. Yeah, it's just like you know, I don't care how adorable he is. I just want him to get eaten. Like yes. the the at this point, it's just like both of them. Please, like yes. eat them. Let them yes. be first. Um, uh, so, like while all this is going on, at the same time on the other side of the park, you've got Owen Grady, uh, who's played by uh, Chris Pratt, and uh, Mr. Grady is is seen in uh, exhibiting his abilities as a raptor whisperer. Mm-hmm. Now, he first he gives some uh, some bits of food to the raptors over a safe. Height, and then later on in the scene, a worker accidentally falls into the raptor paddock. And uh, Chris Pratt actually has to go in there, and he stops the attack. Yeah. By, like, holding up his hand and, like, making eye contact with the raptors, which is suicidal. Yeah. I mean, like, that's, that's crazy, like, and very thrilling. And I think made much more effective to someone who grew up with the Jurassic Park movies. Because I just assumed, like, even though I'd seen all the trailers or whatever, but it's like, there's certain sense memory things where it's like oh he's in there with five raptors he's, yeah he's dead yeah you know like that's it and like the raptors it's implied are not as loyal as we want them yeah to be like they can they're be still, trained they, they can be taught right but they're, but they're still raptors yeah you know you can they have needs yeah you, you there's only so much you can do with the raptors mm-hmm. so like as far as like domesticating them or yeah. whatever so like uh, you know that's that's that first scene is very long and is a very long conversation with uh, Hoskins, who's Vincent D'Onofrio, that just goes on forever and is baffling. Yeah, it's just like already. Like, it's just like, oh yeah, I want the military ready. Well, it's like, like who are these people? What are their jobs? What are the relations? And what is the point other? of this? What like is, even what, in like, the first what is place, Vincent D'Onofrio's like position? Yeah, is, is he like? Because he knows nothing he about knows his nothing own about, product. Yeah, exactly. He, he knows nothing about how the park operates. And so he he's basically male Claire at this point. Yeah. He's just, you know, another person in charge I who mean, has no clue how these things work. Claire understands how the park works. Yes. She's just, when it comes time for her to do her job, she thinks it's more important to save two kids than to save, like, 20,000 people. Yeah. So, And kids you know, she didn't care about kids, for the first she, half yeah, of the yeah, movie. she, by the way... Leaves with a British off, person. And, and, and leaves leaves with a very nice British lady who is very professional. Yeah. She's so nice. Uh, she's great. She's a great person. Yeah. She doesn't do anything bad. She The only thing she's really guilty of is talking on her phone. Yeah. And um, she dies in a style that is reminiscent of Murphy's death from the first RoboCop. Yeah, in this movie, and I it's mean, almost it like is, it is prolonged. Yeah, and it's it's almost like I 
you know, uh, she has the cruelest death in the entire film. And it's possibly the whole un- franchise unwarranted <laughs> at all. Like not not necessary. It's like what was it because she was talking about going to a strip club on her phone? Like what is the reasoning behind this cruel death? Like I understand we have to reemphasize the fact that there is a Mosasaurus. Yeah. But, like, the fact that she gets, like, what, near drowned and then eaten. I mean, It's just like, yeah. this is kind of cruel. It, and, like, I, you know, we, I think we need to have, like, you know, more feminists on this uh, program just, like, to point out stuff like this. That this is just, like, I don't really know if this is appropriate, that scene. It's just, yes. it, it's, yeah. yeah, it's kind of disgusting. It's it, like, that is, like, the one part <laughs> of this film that actually puts a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and... For those of you who don't know him like I know him, you know, that's a tough thing to do to to turn away Nathan Bear in disgust. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> congratulations, Mr. Trevorrow. Anyways, uh, so like the kids want to hang out with Aunt Claire, but she's too busy running Jurassic World. So she assigns them with this nice British lady to sort of run around the park. So their penalty for... Or their their you know what they have to do instead of hanging out with um, you know Bryce Dallas Howard is uh, they get to be in fucking Jurassic World and they're like bummed out about by an aunt they haven't seen in ten years and and, like they don't know this woman they have a free pass to go around Jurassic and the tall one is moody about the fact that the aunt hasn't seen him in like ten years it's just like it's an aunt right like. This is an ant. This is a, if like his parents hadn't seen him in ten years, right. I could understand. But this is an ant. This yeah. an ant. Like I love my ants, but you know, ants have lives. They, Judy they, Greer. Yeah. Judy Greer gets wind of this, and of course, she's totally devastated. And it's just like, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, the, the woman who's getting a divorce world. is then lecturing her sister on how on like parental responsibility yeah. and how good it is to have kids when clearly and, it didn't help and also, anything like, in I, her I, life. You know, look, I, I don't want to defend Claire or anything because she is a dangerous criminal yes. on, on par with uh, Henry Cavill and Man of Steel uh, in this movie for <laughs> lack of, uh, you know, uh, getting, getting civilians evacuated and thinking about actually uh, saving people and protecting people. However... She does run a giant theme park in this movie, and I don't know what the conversation was with Judy Greer when they, she like agreed to watch these kids. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure it was something like, "Hey, the kids want to see you. It's Christmas," and I'm Claire was probably like, "Okay, I'll pencil them in for a brunch or something." Yeah. Like one of these. Like if it was like they had enough to drink yet. <laughs> if it really was Claire being like, "Yes, we'll hang out all weekend. It's going to be great." It's like, well, then Claire just flat out lied to him because yeah. it's like. She's obviously not going to have any free time ever. You know, she's running the park. Yeah. And, like, right when they're, like, getting ready to open up the Indominus Rex thing. You yeah. Know, like, um, so, okay, there's that. And then this is paralleled with the fact that she is uh, taking the, uh, I guess, the head, uh, the, the new head of Jurassic World. Like, I guess, the financial backer. Right. Uh, Mr. Masarni. Yes. Uh, played by... Irafan Khan, uh, who you may remember from Slumdog Millionaire as the uh, police officer. Who is awesome. Yes. I really liked in this movie a lot. Yeah. uh, He's great. Yeah. Um, well, he's, uh, he's (laughs) not, not only Richard Branson, like from Virgin, (laughs) you know, like he's, he's very, he's eccentric. Yeah. He's like serious, but also eccentric. The fact that like he, and, and like, I think like the one flaw is the fact that his character like never stays 
the same. He's like almost bipolar. Like his, his actions don't really reflect right. the character several times. Yeah. Like he'll just go back and forth between being like serious and then like, oh, I'm eccentric again. Yeah. Um, so um, he's taken to the Indominus Rex cage and it's immediately clear that like something wrong is going to happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, and I think... Is once again like second time viewing. I think they alluded to briefly the fact that the Indominus can change color because he makes the comment it's white, but because we can't see the Indominus wax completely at this point, we can't tell. So yeah. that that just kind of falls. Yeah, the Indominus but, Rex is really big. Yeah, it's really big. It's a lot of teeth. Um, a lot of teeth. And he does give the good line. You know, this will give the parents nightmares. Yeah. Um, like this thing is out of control. Yeah. Like, I don't know why, I don't know why Henry yeah. Wu did this. <laughs> yeah. This is like, maybe well, we'll find out in part five. Yeah. Yeah. We'll exactly. find out in part five when he has an empire of, you know, raptors and Indominus Rexes. So for know. a while we kind of cut back and forth between Owen Grady and, um, and Claire kind of, you know, their professional dealings as far as Claire comes out to, Owen's bungalow on the island. On the island, yeah. And says, "Hey, guess what, Owen Grady? You know this island that you live on? That you don't have any. This is the only place where you live, and you can't escape it. And this is your entire world. Is, yeah. is this is our park? Well, there's a giant enclosed uh, place that we're building on the park um, for the Indominus Rex." And which you have never heard of, and uh, even though I guess you only live like two miles away from it, you've never gone curious. No one has ever mentioned it at like lunchtime. Mm -hmm. uh, you're like, hey, how's uh, how's uh, day two hundred and thirty four going on the Indominus Rex enclosure? It's going pretty good. I guess he was just listening to like Slipknot on his iPod <laughs> during lunch every day or something, and he just somehow completely missed the fact. That this Indominus Rex cage was being built. Or maybe he just didn't have... You know what? I would be fine with that. It's like if they just had one line where he's just like, I don't have clearance. Or something like that. Would have been... I mean, that still would have been stupid. But like, not like... How could he have possibly not known about this? He lives on the island. This is not when like, Alan Grant didn't know about the Tyrannosaur patent Because he was in Arizona. Yeah, at the time, and you know that makes sense. That makes sense. Like nobody thought this was real, right? Like you but, know, but this is like Samuel L. Jackson not knowing about the Dilophosaurus or something. It's just like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like that 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 breaks down on a basic, like mental, just like deconstructed thought thing. Like your brain just starts, yeah, shutting down. But again, you know, I've said it before. I said it a thousand times. Just stop thinking, and and enjoy all the people getting eaten by dinosaurs. Yeah, you know, and everything is gravy. Two hundred million domestic first weekend. <laughs> so, uh, of course, naturally, as soon as they bring uh, Chris Pratt to um, the place, uh, something goes wrong. It's terribly wrong. Uh, you know, uh, you you can already tell what's going on is a trap because yeah. you can already assume at this point that like this dinosaur like has to be like smart. Something different has to be. Um, 
there has to be something different about this dinosaur. You know, it can't just be like a T-Rex, but bigger. Right. You know, some something like different. So it's like clear, like, oh, wait, there's scratch marks there. Did it climb out? We don't have a heat signature. So you can already tell that this is going to be a trap. And sure enough, trap it is. Right. They go in and it's like, but wait a minute. It's still in the cage. And then, you know, boom, it comes out. It eats one of the workers. And then it eats another one. And then it eats the... the, the the Paul Blart one, and then, uh, and then Chris uh, Pratt escapes by pouring gasoline over his body because uh, its vision is based on smell. Yeah, <laughs> its it smell is based on movement. Yeah, something you know. I don't know. Fossil fuel. It's it, it, yeah, yeah. It would be cannibalism at that point. It uh, even though it ate its own sister, so. Nothing in that scene makes sense. Very good. Like, nothing that, nothing at all makes sense. I like that fossil so. fuel line. That was actually pretty good. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I really like that scene. Yeah. Like, oh, Chris Pratt is so good at adventuring. He, yeah. he adventures the shit out of stuff. Yeah, just who would have thought that pouring, you know liquid over your body he just does it like a pro <laughs> yeah too. He's he, just, like, he has his knife it. in his hand and just cuts the fuel line immediately this is something works. he's had to do like many yeah a time. yeah this, this is, is probably in the raptor training manual well yeah, yeah. <laughs> well in the navy I think, yeah in the maybe, navy like they, tra- they train yeah. him how to hide from giant uh, predator monsters yeah in case manda arrives exactly <laughs> um so or veron <laughs> Ron, the unbelievable. Uh, uh, oh, right. We were talking about uh, a movie that isn't that. Um, uh, this is the modern-day so, successor to Veron. Yeah, at this point. Veron, the inconsequential. Uh, uh, Veron, the indominus. Uh, so, you know, we do, have to, we do have to move on, but it is incomprehensible that Owen doesn't know about the existence yeah. of, the, of the Indominus Rex or its paddock. Yeah. Because, like, he, again, he lives on the island. Yeah. And how could he possibly not know about this giant enclosure that they were building? So the Indominus Rex is heading, of course, south towards where the major populations you know, are. Just starts mur- yeah. murking people yeah. left, left and, and right. right. So I they mean, have to he... send the assessment containment units with mm-hmm. non-lethal weapons. Gotta, it's time to rip off aliens. Yeah, yeah. and uh, <laughs> yeah, so they, they go in. It's yeah. really, it's, it's the scene that we've always wanted to see in a Jurassic Park movie. Yeah. And it kind of happened in the third Jurassic Park movie, and it sort of happened in the second one. But not really. Like this, we have the fucking full-on, we're going to do aliens, we're going to do the end of the first act of aliens in Jurassic Park. Or, sorry, the end of the second act of aliens in a Jurassic Park movie, which is to say the military dudes, they have, like, the little bleeping heart lines on the medical things, and you can see everyone's heart rate and, like, their names or whatever. And they start, they go into the woods and uh, they're looking for the Indominus Rex, and it just jumps out and it starts killing everybody. Because yeah, it can camouflage! Because it can camouflage! And it ripped out its own uh, tracking device, because yeah. it remembered where they put it in. Right. <laughs> they remember uh, Hoskins, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio, not excited about this, has a grievous look on his face. Maybe it, what's happening is he's just finally learning that maybe three packages of Twizzlers <laughs> is too much. <laughs> but uh, but then he like gets what can only be described as like, you know, his first direction in, you know, presumably years because he immediately 
starts thinking, the Raptors can take this thing down. Right. He like immediately like that's his first thought. Like Yeah, the Indominus yeah. Rex kills everyone. Yeah. <laughs> kills everybody and, and kills suddenly it's just like, okay, we we have to send the Raptors in. Yeah. Yeah. Send in the Raptors now. Right. Yeah. Which you know, he and he has like three or four conversations with Chris Pratt about this. And Chris Pratt at, at first he's like, No, these are animals, blah blah blah, I can't do this, it won't work or whatever. Some other stuff happens. The kids get lost somehow. In a bubble in a with bubble. Jimmy Fallon. Uh, the most terrifying scene to me by far in this movie was the scene when the kids, the older kid, like first the little kid gets into the gyrosphere and then the older kid gets in and he his foot is hanging out of the gyrosphere and he just barely pulls it in in time as the door's automatically closing. Yeah. And he just came so close to having his foot uh, chopped off. Yeah. You know, and like... The, when I first saw that in the theater, I was like, oh, my God, or whatever. And, like, no one else noticed it. But yeah. I was just like, you idiot. Don't you realize how close you just came to killing yourself? You know, I, I started sounding like Frank Grimes from The Simpsons. It's just like, <laughs> and no one was paying attention. And in the movie, they're very, you know, upfront about, like, you know, the, the, the kid, uh, like, the teenager who's, like, running the gyrosphere ride or whatever. Yeah is, like, bored and stupid, and it's supposed to be, like... Yeah. Uh, but then, like, the younger one is like, Mom right. and Dad are getting a divorce, and so we're going to be sent to two different right. places, and you won't be my brother for very much, even though we live in the world with Facebook and, yeah. other, and Skype right. and other forms of communication. You know, it just won't be the same. Right. So that added so that we big brother as feelings for younger brother, I right. guess. Yeah. Uh, what has happened is like, yeah, they, they're, they're running around doing Jurassic Park stuff. They go on the tram. <laughs> Someone is reading Ian Malcolm's book, God Creates Dinosaurs. Uh, and that that's the scene where the kid's like, I think mom and dad are getting a divorce. And so they have that whole thing where the brother's like, well, even if they are having a divorce, you know, whatever. I for, I, I for, yeah, I've, I mean, I've it, it was so bad. Everything. It was like, wait, what? I don't remember a yeah. single line of dialogue. Yeah. Anyways, um, so like that happens. Then they uh, go on the gyrosphere or whatever. Gyrosphere. But like, well, first, the, what, the main thing that happens is the, the kid with the hoodie gets snapped out of it because he sees the monosaurus and he gets splashed by water. So it like... It turns him into not being an asshole by when the monosaurus like. Oh yeah, he like actually is having fun. Yeah, he remembers being fun in the sort yeah. of. Yeah. And 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 him and his brother is kind of cool. Like they go off and they have an adventure. Uh, it very much mirrors the the scene from the original film. It's essentially a remake of of Jurassic Park where the uh, T Rex is, is uh, scaring uh, Lex and Tim. Yeah. I remember their names because they're real characters. <laughs> um. Uh. And and it, this is a this is a retelling of, of that scene, except the, in the gyrosphere uh, yeah. pod. Yeah, and convinc- coincidentally, as soon as the uh, their gyrosphere goes off, they're told that there's an emergency situation and the rides are canceled. Right, and somehow it's they... exactly like the first one. Now that I think of yeah. it, like it is line by line exactly the same. But yeah. uh, well, you know, whatever. Um, they. Uh, I really like that scene where the Irex is breaks their glass their glass sphere and they fall out of it because that to yeah. me was the only time in the movie because things get pretty hairy later on yeah but like that was to me was the only point where it was like because there's a difference between a mass number of like the you know the people on the island getting killed and then like a few key characters narrowly not getting killed and that's much mm-hmm. more exciting to yeah. me and like. 
um, when when the IREX like picks up their ball and cracks it in such a way where there's just they can sneak out of it like from underneath it yeah like just before it, it crashes down on them there's, there's all sorts of shit like that in the original Jurassic Park and there's not too much of it in this one and um, it's like the high adventure quotient you yeah know? and like it's, that's it, that's very important for a movie like this. But it is weird that they jump into the water and the Indominus does not follow them. Just like jump, at this yeah. point I expected it to jump in or, and like or, swim after or fly, sprout yeah, yeah, wings exactly. and just fucking fly <laughs> at this point. Cuz then uh Mr. Masarni like has a confrontation with uh Henry Wu over tea. Yeah. Green I, tea. I do want to go back to like they they managed to outrun the Indominus Rex. Somehow, yeah, somehow these monsters yeah. aren't that fast, and they jump off the waterfall, and they do have this sort of really borderline beautiful moment where it's like they they hug each other and they're like they're you know they're brothers again, and they've rediscovered the humanity, and they start laughing and all this stuff, which would be effective if it wasn't so stupid. <laughs> but like, I kept on thinking like like if the camera would just pan up. You would just see the Indominus Rex just standing there, like, still staring at them and, like, thinking over its options, you know, and being like, you guys are not safe. <laughs> like, it's, like, maybe 60 feet away, you know? Like, the, the, the scene is not over, you know? Like, this is, this is, uh, you're not out of danger. This is, like, at the end of Cliffhanger when they're, like, l literally stranded on that cliff with no climbing equipment and Stallone's like, I'm out of here. It's like, what do you, what's what's yeah. the scene after that? All the helicopters are destroyed. You're in the middle of this cliff. Like you're gonna freeze to death. That's what's gonna happen. That's the next scene, you know. Uh, so yeah, they they I don't know. I, they should have just jumped in the river and kept on swimming and hope for dear life the Indominus Rex can't swim. Can't swim or will lose their scent. I mean, it, yeah. Like they should have been crying from how scared they were and yeah. still are. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, oh my god. Oh my. Oh right. my. Yes. Uh, so uh, Henry Wu gives his uh, "I'm evil" and a scientist speech. <laughs> I'm a scientist to, to Mersarni, who you know. I mean, Mersarni is the one that hired Doctor Wu, and you know, he Doctor Wu is basically explaining, "I actually did everything you paid me to do." Right. You know, I I'm not really the bad guy here. I'm going to look like the bad guy because I'm wearing black, and you know, I'm a gay Asian man, so I guess that makes me evil. But, uh, yeah, it, it's just like, oh, yeah, I added cuttlefish genes so it would grow more, and you wanted more teeth, so I added other genes to give it more teeth. You know, I did exactly what I was paid to do. And uh, Mr. Mersarni, who, you know, was eccentric and fun at first, is now like, you know, pack up all your things, all your research is going to be confiscated. You know, like, the Mersarni we meet at the beginning of the film, I, I almost expected at this point to be like, Oh, yeah, I did pay you to do that. This is great. This is actually going to bring more revenue because... Right. This is going to be great publicity. Yeah, you know, at this point. But, um, yeah, no, they, they, they make an enemy of uh, Henry Wu. Uh, In the meantime, the kids find the old visitor center yeah. from the first Jurassic Park. And they play the piano version of the original score. Very, yeah, and they, go, and they go through a lot of the, uh, the places... That they uh, they were in and around, really very you know it's very similar to the first movie because it's like the kids uh, Tim and Lex in the first movie are literally going around the same building under 
approximately the same circumstances. Like they're stuck in the park too, and they're just sort yeah, of wandering hiding around, from, hiding from hiding from, from dinosaurs yeah. and stuff. So it's like it's not nostalgia. It is like physically recreating the same scene in the same place. It's like poetry. They rhyme. It's exactly like the end of episode two, <laughs> Attack of the Clones, and it is it's and it's as beautiful, if not more beautiful. Um, so you know. It was, it was nostalgia porn. That whole part is sort of like, why didn't they bulldoze the old visitor center? Yeah. You, know, why you think would, that would why have would been any, like burned in effigy Yeah, like this why would any of this stuff still be standing? It is nice to see the level of, uh, you know, whatever uh, growth that has happened over because it is a yeah. tropical island. And the know. fact that like the, none of the growth has reached like the trucks. Yeah. Like those trucks, like nothing has grown out. Like they don't look yeah. eroded or anything. They just have like battery yeah, issues. Yeah, I think they take the battery out of one of the gyrospheres and put it into one of the Jeeps. Or maybe, no, they I guess take it from like one Jeep. One of the Merc yeah. guys, one of their Jeeps. The, de- the the security team that gets slaughtered by the Irex, they have a Jeep. Take the battery from that and put it in uh, one of the original Jeeps from yeah. the original Jurassic Park, which is actually the one that Hammond and Gennaro we're driving around in. It's number 29. Number 29. Um, yeah. And, um, yeah. So, like, they hotwire that. But the thing is, like, okay, that's fine if you're going to have that. But, like, have that happen and then have them drive around in that car for the rest of the movie. Yeah. As it is now, they go there, they hotwire the car, and they drive back. And it's really only part of one scene. Like they drive up to like, like a door or whatever. And there's these two guys being like, yeah, whatever. I mean, we have to go say the fact that as soon as they drive out, uh, Chris Pratt and Claire, who are now joining forces, right? You know, getting over their you know the uh, difference differences because the script says so. And Claire, <laughs> by the way, has abandoned her post. Yeah, she has. A, she's walked away from her job at the most important time that she could have. That I mean, job the captain in Titanic, ever. at least, went down with the ship. Exactly. She has no intention of doing that, and it's not <laughs> even like a going down with the ship. A scenario. I think it becomes a going down with the ship scenario, uh, precisely because she does leave. Yeah, <laughs> I, th- I think in a very real way you could pin this entire movie on her because if she just would have been like, "Fuck it, get five dudes with rocket launchers." I know the IREX cost twenty three million dollars to breed or whatever, yeah. but like, you know what? We cannot have this asset out of containment. Yeah, it's slaughtered that many brontosauruses already. It yeah, can't be for that hard sport. of trek. Instead, she's like, "Yes, okay. The two, my two nephews, are out in Jurassic World. I'm going to go out with Chris Pratt. Yeah, with a and he has a Winchester rifle. A Winchester <laughs> rifle. And that and it's just like <laughs> somehow that you know the all American okie doke is going to save us from yeah a I, genetic I just, nightmare. I felt like. Alan Ripley from Aliens, where it's just like, I'm sorry, did IQs just swiftly drop yeah. <laughs> in here? <laughs> like, what, what is happening? You know, classic James Cameron dialogue. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, like, it's just like she, if she would have taken the necessary thing. And it's one of those things where it's like, you know, why even bother complaining about it? Because if she had done that, then there wouldn't be a movie. So yeah. Like, or that's... whatever. Or if she had done that, there would have been a smarter, better movie. Yeah. But, like, this is the movie we have. Have. So, like, it's it's best it's just It's on to, our plate. We have to eat it. For the fourth time. 
it's best to just turn off your brain and not think about it yeah. <laughs> and you will actually really enjoy what's happening yeah um so like they go and yeah they go and, and the indominus rex almost gets them but they, they take refuge in the visitor center they take refuge in the visitor center um the visitor center right after the kids leave late. like two minutes two minutes after the kids and then leave. the indominus rex goes after chris pratt instead of the you know shiny vehicle that just drove away whatever anyways not important so uh through that they uh somehow the indominus rex like makes its way to uh the not the apiary the avian center aviary aviary the the aviary of doom yeah uh it's a call back to batman the animated series and then continue mersani who reminder is just started taking uh helicopter lessons has decided to uh lead uh the security forces who have mounted a uh, powerful machine gun onto the helicopter to go after the Indominus Rex, but of course he can't pilot that well, so they miss every shot. With uh, a minigun. Yeah, with a minigun. Uh, and <laughs> Oops. Uh, and so it goes into the uh, aviary, and naturally like all the flying monsters, the pterodons, the other dons, uh, all fly out, hit uh, the helicopter. Per- periodons, don't you mean? Periodons? Periodons, pterodons. With a P? No, with the T. Starts with starts with P. Yeah, they pronounce the T. Exactly. It's a silent P. Just as you, you said just now, it starts with P. So then the uh, <laughs> the periodons and the pterodons, two different species. Two different species. Two uh, spoonfuls of pure uh, cane sugar. Two spoonfuls. <laughs> so. And, so uh, they all go out, and I don't know whether Indominus Rex is communicating with them and like telling them to attack people, or whether they're just like, "Oh, we're free, we're free." Um, so yeah, they 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 like glorious, glorious, hideous freedom. <laughs> so they just kamikaze into the helicopter, and there goes like their I guess only chance of destroying this behemoth. Um, yeah. So the helicopter crashes, and then Chris Pratt and Claire have to hide from all the 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 Terra Paradons that are now flying and causing havoc. And this um, is when the British lady gets killed for five minutes. Yes, somehow they all manage to end up. They all manage to like wind up at like the main part of the park. Right. Um. Yeah, and that's when the British lady is like horrendously killed. Just like, it's just, just a harangue. Yeah, it's of just beats. like. Yeah, uh, and that's where Claire tables turn. Where Chris Pratt, where Owen is on, like is at the mercy of some flying beast, and Claire, uh, you know, turns fucking badass and like she blows her, its yes. brains out. She has her corporately mandated strong female character moment, where yeah. everyone's like, "Oh, she can do strong stuff, even though she's a woman." Yeah, just tired of it. Yeah, it's just so. Just like, yeah. It's just like watching nothing. It's just like the screen is blank. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, so they, they, I hopefully sedate most of these pterodons, pterodons, because if not, you could have a bunch of them flying yeah. off the park and, and mating. And then when that happens... You get the uh, end of Jurassic Park 3. Oh, yeah. But Hoskins sees this and gets an enormous erection yes. and uh, immediately stages a coup d'etat in what I think is, like, the best part of the film. I found myself, you know, you know, just, like, clapping and going, you know, woo, out loud just because it was like, this is, like, brilliant. This is taking this to stage 11. <laughs> right. We are at DEFCON, what, 1, 2, whatever. DEFCON 4. 
Uh, and, um, you know, because, you know, he takes over and he says, you know, there's a new, there's a new management in charge and you see engine guys on a helicopter and they see like one of the Paradons, Pterodons, fuck you. Uh, and they just like shoot it. And I'm just like, oh yes. (laughs) You know, if you didn't think these people were bad, these guys are bad. Yeah. At long last, last. we have the conditions satisfied. Yeah. It's like man versus dinosaur. Yeah. Like with, and they've got automatic weapons. Yeah. And you know, it's going to be a throwdown, a showdown and a hoedown. Then there's more, you know, people fleeing in masses from, you know, Margaritaville. Apparently you can see Jimmy Buffett, real Jimmy Buffett in the background. But it doesn't matter because it's it's Jimmy Buffett. Uh, In a banana republic of all places. Uh, (laughs) Apparently they can't evacuate the island. Because the ferry hasn't come yet. Uh, Um, The the numbers and statistics about evacuating the island become very difficult to come by at this point. Yeah. They don't don't really break it You think they would have, like, if they have, like, an evacuation protocol, they would have, you know... Th- this was an inevitability. Therefore, yep. they yep. would have been much better prepared. But yep. I guess um, it seems like, as, as far as like not having a great plan to fight the dinosaurs, uh, shouldn't that be the only thing they plan on? You yeah, know, that, shouldn't that be like plan number one? Yeah, like the fir- like, okay, we're making a Jurassic Park. Yeah, <laughs> like. What is the like the main thing we should that uh, threatens that, attendance? That threatens attendance. You know, attendance being eaten. Bill, uh, I don't. You know, uh, maybe if one of the dinosaurs escaped, that's correct, Bill. Yes, that will be obviously our main and only thing that we're going to concentrate all of our plans on. Instead, again, kaiju movie. They're just like, what? A dinosaur's got out of his. We are not prepare for this sort of an occurrence here i don't know who you think what sort of operation you think this is we run a dinosaur theme park we're not prepared to handle dinosaurs (laughs) or people or theme parks (laughs) you know so turn your brain off um but you know it doesn't matter because all of a sudden chris pratt's like yeah okay yeah, I'll, I'll lead the raptor. Yeah, well, he's basically <laughs> saying you you'll lead the raptors, or we won't use you. So I guess because he hasn't a connection to uh, Barry and the raptors. Yeah, um, I mean, I, Vincent D'Onofrio does say we're doing this with or without you, which yeah. seems like, hey, if you're not going to use Chris Pratt, how is this even going to be possible? I yeah. mean, this is going to be barely possible. Yeah, with because the raptors don't like anyone, especially. Uh, Hoskins. Yeah. They, like, seem to, like, know he's a bad cookie. Yeah, yeah. Like, they, yeah, of perceptive. all the people they want to eat, they want to eat <laughs> him the most. Uh, <laughs> I mean, At they want to pile on. Uh, <laughs> exactly. At one point, you can see what, I think it's the raptor blue. Yeah. Smuggling the cookbook, The Joy of Eating Hoskins. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Just, like... Many different recipes there, so it's like they are definitely going to eat Hoskins yeah. at some point, and that's just uh, very firmly telegraphed. Um, um, but uh, yeah, so they decide to like lead a bunch of like engine guys and um, the Raptors and 
Pratt with his Winchester because you know God help us you know got to use the <laughs> you know a, a near two hundred year old weapon hundred and fifty year old I should say yes you know forty uh, something something like that yes it's an old weapon yes uh, you know how old is the weapon mate what how, how old is very the old like uh, about one hundred and forty I'd say like there was like, that film like one hundred and fifty. Win- 150. 160. Is it 140? Nah. It'd be a little less. <laughs> well, which one is it? Be realistic. I don't it, know. Right Look, there's the that movie, Winchester 75 with Jimmy Stewart. So, you know, if 75 years ago. So, yeah, 140 years ago, something like that. 100. Uh, Ter- yeah. Pterodon? Ter- Pterodon. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you. Yes, yeah, good. Good. <laughs> I can feel your anger. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, so Chris Pratt and his flintlock, uh, <laughs> his muzzle loader, <laughs> his blunderbuss, uh, go to take on the Indominus Rex, which decides not to even bother camouflaging itself. At this point, it's we've just seen so easy. To we've kill. just seen so much of it at this yeah. point. It just like kind of waltzes out of the yeah. trees. It's not even scary. It's just kind of like so. It, keep, it huh? keeps introducing these new. Dinosaur superpowers, it yeah, has, and then doesn't use them anymore. Yeah, and it's then, like, and then they find out it's part raptor. Ooh, so the raptors turn on the team, and then the, that yeah, distracts that was supposed them. To be a big reveal, but I always assumed. Yeah, at this point, raptor. it was like at this point, like you know, we know it couldn't just end at this point, right? Like that would be too easy. I knew the big thing there was going to have to be cause, like because Wu indicated it's like there's there's certain things in its DNA that are classified or yeah. whatever and then later on he's like yes yes okay you drove me to it i put cuttlefish dna in it i like i knew the fucking big reveal wasn't going to be cuttlefish, cuttlefish. Uh, uh although they are very dangerous to eat and you have to eat them in a very specific way there's an episode of the simpsons uh no that's not it. cuttlefish that's that's blowfish there's a difference let's see cuttlefish are delicious deep fried parad- paradigm these nuts Anyways, uh, 140 years. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, yes, and the Raptors, and so it's revealed that um, the Irex is uh, is just a big raptor, basically that can turn invisible and, and has super strength and super intelligence, and and has long hands that can grab things. You know, when Jurassic Park first came out in 1993. There was a lot of merchandise, mm-hmm. and there's video games, and there were toys, and the the toy line by Kenner just kept on going. Yeah, like, for like, I think they were still making new Jurassic Park toys in like 2012. I mean, oh they yeah, just, they I just remember kept going. before. I think it was after Jurassic Three came out. Yeah. They introduced like they they were doing kind of clone that even before this film, they were doing like a toy line of like hybrid. Dinosaurs. I remember, like the kids, you know, visit the scientists. It's like we mixed the DNA, and now you have no choice but to well, yeah. buy these toys. <laughs> they had the ste- they had the stegotops, yeah, which was the triceratops and the stegosaurus, yeah, which was amazing. But back, I'm talking about like '94 mm-hmm. in the like in the initial run. I think it was like series two of the, yeah. of the initial run of Jurassic Park toys. They had this thing known as the Utah Raptor, which I guess was like a giant raptor. Mm. And so he was supposed to be a raptor the size of the T-Rex. And I always thought to myself, wow, wouldn't it be crazy if they actually put a giant raptor in one of these Jurassic Park movies? And I'm also thinking, like, 
you know. And you were probably playing what Turok? Uh... <laughs> well, I was reading Turok comic books <laughs> yeah. from Valiant, but um, you know, like it's weird. A lot of the things that happen in this movie are just sort of like fan fiction set pieces, like things from like the Jurassic Park Sega Genesis video game, like Rampage Edition, mm-hmm. or like shit like that. It's a lot of it is just scenes from various like non Jurassic or like non film things from like that have never made it into an actual movie before. An example mm-hmm. of this, this is sort of climactic thing with uh, you know Chris Pratt leading the Raptors with the motorcycle. It's been the focus of, of a lot of the the publicity for the film um, when they're going after the I Rex. Um, you know that that kind of comes from the second book. Uh, the Lost World. There's a character named Thorn who is totally badass and should have been played by Harrison Ford. As it is, he's not even in the movie The Lost World. But there's a scene where he is chasing uh, Dotson uh, on a motorcycle. Dotson, of course, was the guy who, who supplied Dennis Nedry with the uh, the faux shaving cream can yeah. that then came into play so importantly in that film. But the point is, is that you had a scene from that book where raptors were chasing a dude on a motorcycle. Yeah. Okay, that's the point. Yeah. So it's like they reworked that. A lot of the stuff from this movie just seems like... Toys. Toys or like a fan fiction first draft of just like everything. Okay, we're making yeah. another Jurassic Park movie. Let's take all the shit... From the last twenty years, that has never actually made it in, and blue just balls. put it in, <laughs> and here we go. So it's like, and yes, I enjoyed the hell out of it, but uh, it's going to be tough to make another one because yeah. they have literally run out of ideas, yeah. obviously. So like, the, yeah, the Raptors turn on the humans, which was sort of my favorite part of the movie because it was like. If they would have had the Raptors just be like, all right, we're buddies now with the humans, I would have been like, okay, this is officially ludicrous. Yeah. But, like, they, the Raptors were still like, no, we're gonna, we're still going to kill all the humans. Yeah. Just like, oh, no, okay, okay yeah, yeah that, those are the Raptors. Yeah. Yes, that's like, they're, they're, they, the Raptors yeah. are much like John Williams in episodes one, two, and three, the only ones in this program who were, like, keeping it real. Like, yeah. No, 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 we're still, yeah. we're still murderers, yeah. you know, like. And, like, they, they, they go, you know, a la Viet Cong on, like, the entire, uh, <laughs> uh, on the entire, like, engine, like, group. No, like, seriously. It's like, it feels they like I'm watching. They on them, okay? It's like they Platoon. That's like watching Platoon. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, so they kill everyone. everyone except ex- Bishop and, and Grady. Yeah. And, and. Barry, uh, not Bishop. You're thinking alien again. <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm thinking Bishop for the Barry played Bishop from, uh, you know, Days of Future Past. Oh, the same actor. sorry, sorry. Yeah, I saw. That's okay. It was like an hour and a half ago when I said that. <laughs> the point is, <laughs> um, Pterodon. Pterodon, 160 years. Anyways, um, it was fat, 10 years. Fat Riker, <laughs> Riggins. Anyways, we're just letting it all hang out now. <laughs> Anyways, um. They do blow up a raptor with a rocket launcher yes. in this movie. And I was like, fuck yes. Which is, is amazing because they missed the Indominus Rex by like five right. miles. Well, they actually hit the Indominus Rex with like a bazooka at one well, point. Well, yeah, but it, it like kind of like knocks it, knocks it, it over and then it just, and then just like gets up. up. How thick is this skin? 
Like I know that like they're tough or whatever, but like those it's as thick are as made. the screenwriters wanted it to be. It, exactly. <laughs> just, like, it's just magically Henry Wu was like, oh, it's probably part like uh, yeah. It's just like I added Wolverines. What is Wolverines like? Liquid metal bonage or whatever. Adamantium. Adamantium. Yeah, probably has adamantium as well. Yeah, and um, no, yeah, yeah. What what well, happens? I'm here. I'm myself uh, talking to myself. That's yeah. chaos. It's uh, um. Yeah, so then the Raptors turn on everyone, and Claire has to, like, drive the kids away, and there's a, a car chase scene where the Raptors try and kill the kids, with the kids, like, throw uh, an oxygen tank at them, like, at, in Jaws, but instead of, like, shooting it and making it, like, explode, it, they just, it just falls. Yeah. Uh, so they go to uh, the main part of the park, uh, they meet up with Chris Pratt, and they are trapped. They've got a raptor. The Indominus Rex comes, and, and it basically... apparently the twenty thousand people are either gone or hiding. Yeah, like <laughs> they are just gone. I, I guess it, it literally does not add up. Yeah, like, all that's where, left where is a they? lot of merchandise <laughs> yeah. and conveniently placed uh, buildings for people to hide and or be destroyed. Yeah, yeah, destroyed to be monstered. So yeah, so the Raptors, I guess, uh, remember that Chris Pratt is our friend. So they turn on Indominus. Uh, the kids and Claire, like, go hide in a pile of merchandise, and the little kid uh, says, we need more teeth. And so Claire, out of nowhere... Now, I will say, the Tyrannosaurus Rex was introduced briefly in the beginning. So, you know, as we said before, what Chekhov's rules, you know, if there's a gun in the first act, it has to go off in the third act. So... Where she gets this idea from, I guess just that, she decides, oh yeah, I'm going to get a Tyrannosaurus. Well, she does it. Uh, and in heels too. Got to She outruns. Heels. She, 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 gets, she goes to the, the Tyrannosaur cage area yeah. or whatever. And she has them like, can you open, you know, open the... <laughs> she gets like a flare yeah. from, I think, the same first aid kit... From Jurassic Park is just like lying on the ground. She's like, "Oh, there it is. There's one flare." Yeah, left. there just happens to be a flare. <laughs> like, yeah, we in, in this merchandise store, we needed a flare because I'm Claire. And she, uh, the moment I met you, yeah. Sorry, of the Gilbert O'Sullivan song. Anyways, yes. uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, Claire outruns a T Rex in heels. Yeah, now it's an old T Rex. It's, it's an old T Rex. It's, it's like twenty six years old. Yeah, it's the Milfier T Rex. It's the same one from the original, but it's a little bit more mature. Right. And you can tell it's the same one because it's the same color skin. Mm -hmm. It's sort of that tan, orangish, reddish skin, and it's got more more it, it, to indicate that would be the the scars. Yes, uh, from mm -hmm. from the original raptor attack from the end of uh, the end of the first one. Yeah. So, uh, so they yeah. immediately fight, you know, and they, what they immediately do, do is very prominently destroy the Spinosaurus skeleton. Yeah. It's just which like, to me, seems that. a clear cut <laughs> yeah. thing of like, fuck you, Jurassic Park three. <laughs> I don't know if anyone actually saw Jurassic Park three, but, um, it's silly. And there's also immediately when basically Samuel is kidnapped and gets to uh, the lost world, like the site B or whatever. But as soon as he's on the island, they're there for like two minutes, and the T Rex shows up, and the Spinosaurus, who's like basically the same thing as the Indominus Rex, although just a little bit more different looking, yeah. you know, had a giant like frilly sort of fin. Yeah, I mean the Spinosaurus. Is a real dinosaur. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
And although they that movie came out 14 years ago, they've since found more fossils, and now that what it is supposed to look like looks completely different yeah. from what it looks like in Jurassic Park three. Which it probably I think ate is really, fish. Yeah. They think. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it ate lots of fish. <laughs> really funny, but the point is, the Spinosaurus immediately has a fight with the T Rex and like handily kills it. Yeah, and it's just like it's not even a problem. Yeah, and this is a different T Rex. There's a new obviously. sheriff in town. Yeah, exactly. So it's like. And that was, you know, I don't know what that scene was meant to do in that film. Yeah. But what it did do was sort of like shit on the main like hero character from the first Jurassic Park and and have it be like what I mean like the just killing off the T Rex like it was nothing like that was a very stupid mistake I think yeah. for Jurassic Park three to make and I think the filmmakers like in this film you can tell it's like no wait it's the fucking T Rex this is like yeah. this is amazing like you know we have to like. Like you got to save it, so they do save it. They save it for the end, and it comes out, and it has a full-on kaiju, kaiju fight with yeah. the Indominus Rex, and then the raptor like joins in. It's like it, it's riding you know, the T Rex like a cowboy yeah. riding a it's, horse. Yeah, he's <laughs> like like in that? Winchester seventy five. Yeah, it's like uh, yeah, it's there. Go, you know, go get him, Rex. And the T Rex like and like they like like tackle it, you know. These and it's just, it's ridiculous. They're just throwing each other through buildings, and it's just like it's it doesn't go t- so over the top that it's just insane. Yeah, it's just like, like appro- it's satisfyingly appropriate. Yeah, yeah. And then you know, I guess script wise, it works well because like just when they think like the T Rex is down and out, the Raptor comes, scare you know. Takes on the Indominus Rex, then the T Rex gets back up, and then they move it all the way towards the Aqua, you know, the the Marina area, and it's about to get up, and then the Mosasaurus comes out <laughs> and fucking just eats the Indominus Rex. Yeah, and we know the Indominus Rex can't swim, so yeah, there's no way it's it's live. Apparently, the Mosasaurus could have broken out of that tank at any time. It just yeah. lacked the proper motivation until yeah. that moment. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because it's it's not like in Jurassic Park when there were like big electrical fences that were preventing went down. Yeah, everything's still pretty much normal, but the Mosasaurus is just like today's the day I'm gonna get out of the tank. Whoa, whoa, the time has come. You know, (laughs) the Mosasaurus, the Mosasaurus, and the Carpenter. Exactly. Uh, So. Terrible, terrible Disney film. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> Life finds a way. Um, so, yeah, and the Mosasaurus eats the shit out of the Adabas Rex. It's been a very good snack day for the Mosasaurus, yeah. having previously eaten the very nice British lady. Yeah. And then the Indominus Rex, it is full. That's a lot of good protein and carbs. Yeah, it, you know, bro, do you even swim? Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. So that's the point where, like, really, like, the movie ends. That's, like, the yeah, real that, movie ends. That's at where that point. it hits Claire like a a pile of bricks that she is going to jail yeah. for felony neglect. She might as well have followed the the Indominus into the water at yeah. this point. I mean, there's like no she way is out. responsible for the death of all of these people. Yeah. I mean, but she found the kids. So. She found the kids. So maybe her sister will forgive her, but the victims' families probably won't. Yeah. I mean, the park is done. and <laughs> Yeah, and, and, chapter well, 9. Or I forgot to say, D'Onofrio does get the shit eaten out of him by some raptors. Yeah. It is pretty great. Um, 
yeah, it's uh, you know he's he's trying to have this sort of like grand speechifying to uh, to Chris Pratt, and yeah. then all of a sudden the raptor kind of comes in and eats him. Yeah, sort of a play on Sam Jackson's death from Deep Blue Sea, although not quite as sudden as that, <laughs> but um, sort of uh, yeah, that that scene was pretty cool, and he you know he he paid the penalty and he he dies a pretty horrible death yeah but not nearly as bad as the british lady no no <laughs> it's like you kind of so wish bad. you kind of wish he had been eaten by the moses that would make sense from a storytelling standpoint yeah because like she did nothing to deserve that like <laughs> you know i mean yeah it's just nothing and that's like the type of violence you expect to see in a holocaust film like or cannibal holocaust like just like needless violence yes. and for a jurassic park film it's like I mean, Jurassic Park movies have always been violent, and there was yeah. a part in Jurassic Park three where a raptor stuck its uh, razor nail thing into the back of Michael Jeter's head, yeah, and they showed it, and it's just like it was it was pretty graphic or whatever. They've always been violent, but like it scene was just, it was just took a while, yeah. Um, anyways, so Claire is definitely gonna has to go to uh, has to go to prison, prison, um. And, but I think she should be kept in that special prison where like Rambo goes at the end of First Blood and then in Rambo 2 where it's like, Rambo, we have a mission. Yeah. I know you're in prison, but like, like, like. So like, you where, expect where he, her to be in a prison camp where like a like chain gang, rocks. but she's still wearing the high well, heels. Yeah, she's got like look, a prison uniform. She's got, she can't, look, I'm basing this on, she outruns a T-Rex in yeah. heels. She's <laughs> like a she, superhuman being. She's a, she's a mutant. Yeah. You know, like the government needs to keep taps on her. Yeah, because um, so, they could use her. In, raptors like, have escaped. We need you, Claire. <laughs> you yeah. and the high heels. By the way, uh, you know, as soon as the Irex gets eaten by the Mosasaurus, um, Jake Johnson, who is still alive and like the only guy who stuck around in the uh, in the control room, like the Raptor Blue just sort of runs off. Yeah, and. Um, He's like, you know, Jake Johnson, is, he's, he's almost like, oh, all's well that ends well. The IREX is finally dead. And he just sort of like, oh, lets out this sigh of relief. And yeah. just kind of like shuts off the monitors and like, I'm going to drink a beer and I'm going to bed. Or whatever. <laughs> and it's just like, you stupid idiot. <laughs> There's a raptor running yeah. around out there and the T-Rex. Yeah. You know, like who haven't eaten yet? Who haven't they eaten didn't yet. eat the no, mosasaurs. Yeah. Those two they, haven't eaten. They still are the hungry. Fa- There's the fact humans that they out there. didn't like immediately turn on Chris it's Pratt, like, and we're like, yeah, yeah, you're, like, you're ours now. It's not like the adventure isn't over. You're still nip, like knee deep in the last act of Jurassic Park. At this point, you've got like four humans, and then like the ra- like a raptor and a T Rex on the loose. It's like you're not safe. <laughs> you know, this is not a brow wiping oh thank god that's all over with you know like they could still easily get killed yeah so anyways um but then they all magically yuga teleport to to costa rica place yeah they they end up in costa rica (laughs) yeah because that's where it's off that's where they are yeah so everyone did get off the island because i thought they were still on the island at the end somehow no, no, no. It was very confused. Yeah, I think they were in Costa Rica or had been airlifted because they were in like an airport hangar. Makes slightly more sense. Anyways, uh, 
Yeah, yeah but then Chris Pratt and and, uh, and Claire walk to off stay into together the sunset for, uh, for, for jail, survival. To go to jail. Yeah, <laughs> for for allowing all those people to die. Yeah. So as you can see, it's a good movie. You should definitely go see it. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, a lot of stuff gets destroyed, and uh, a lot of people get eaten. Yeah. And that's uh, really all you need. Yeah. Okay. And uh, two hundred and four million opening weekend. Yeah, those numbers don't lie. Um, we no. <laughs> we are not going to review the other Jurassic Park movies because they are not kaiju movies, but this one is. It's got its priorities in the correct place. Yes. <laughs> um, we are going to um, sort of sidestep the King Kong stuff until uh, August. Um, there's a new Godzilla video game coming out in July, and we're going to try to get our hands on it and review it for you guys. And um, very excited about it. Looks amazing. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we're gonna we're gonna be checking that out. Um, we are still on Facebook. We're still on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I attempted to update the uh, the Tumblr a few yeah. weeks ago. The results were weird. Mm-hmm. Um, you so, tumbled into Tumblr. Yeah. So the whole thing just sort of works together. Um, you know. It's it's the Godzilla Pod War Hour on Facebook. It's Mike Kelly at Godzilla Pod War on Twitter. Uh, like us on Facebook. Like us on all those things. Follow us. Follow, us, follow me. Us. Like me. Follow me. Like me. Hit the button. Click the click the like. The comment on the like that clicked. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Make yeah. us feel loved. <laughs> we need electronic love. Um, don't you don't you get it? Don't you understand? And of course, as always, on iTunes, follow us, like us, uh, listen, subscribe, comment. For free. You know, for free. So so many hours of us talking to each other in this room. And we'll never get those hours back. No. No. They're gone. That's time wasted that we could have spent. For you, the listener. You know, and it's dedication. So uh, there you go. Jurassic World. (laughs) Oh gosh, they've made it bigger, better, you know. And they were so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they didn't stop to think they should. 